Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we've already had a bit of a preamble about the yeah. state of our lives and just yeah. how like knackered we are or like dazed and confused we are um but I think I, it's I think it's lockdown drained fatigue yeah 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 just we've come too accustomed to this little cloudy life yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um I'm all right what about you yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, I had a bit of a pamper morning. I put on some false nails. Oh, I've been meaning to ask you about that. Do you do press-ons? I don't normally. I would normally get extensions at a nail salon. Okay. I I'm, not, I'm not I'm not blessed with long nails. Okay. I'm not. Like, they break. I do a lot of cooking and stuff like that. Like, I just like having stronger, like, yeah. bulletproof nails. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm let my nails have a little breather, but yeah, I just thought I've got press-ons now, but press-ons like they, they often fall off, like they're not as good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought you know what, I need to paint my toenails. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to do my nails, and just like the little things like that just help you feel a little bit more. Yeah, it's together. true, and I feel like it gets me ready for the next week. Yeah, yeah, like and so then I imagine like this like coming week. I make more of an effort, you know, because I've got my nails done. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I mean, that makes me sound super girly. I'm also just not, I don't know. Um, but yes, and then I've also, Line of Duty is coming back. I don't oh, know if is you're it? A Line of Duty fan. I started watching it because I've been told by many people how amazing mm. it is. And I never actually like watched it all the way through, but. Oh, I've rewatched it nearly all the way through this week. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think I've been watching it. Um, so I've been really enjoying that. So that's been my dedication um for this week. <laughs> cool. Oh, we are in this household, we are um watching Drive to Survive on Netflix. I've never heard of this. Oh my god, no, I think it's like kind of niche. It's this <laughs> <laughs> it's this um documentary style um series based on Formula One racing. Oh. And it's really good. I think you would like it because, like, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like your dad would have been one of those guys who watched oh. one on a Sunday. Oh, I, yeah, every every yeah. Sunday. Okay, so you have that. Like, I, I, back- I loved Michael Schumacher. Like, yeah. I have a Ferrari cap somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're you're all kind of like get it, um, but this is like taking you behind the scenes of like um, the. Um, the team like what are they called premiers or primaries or something like that the team like managed like the oh yeah yeah, yeah 
Ooh. and the drivers and then the like the rivalry between the teams and like teams being bought by other people, other billionaires, and oh, it's it's drama. Drama. Yeah. So it. new series <laughs> came out yesterday. Yeah. So we've been watching it. Love it. I love it. Um, do you have a fashion story this um, week? Yeah, I do. And it's not really a story. It's more of like a bit of a moan. Oh, mine's a moan as well. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh my god. The tone of this this episode has <laughs> been a downer. But yeah, I am going to moan about this because this is 2021 and this is a year of online shopping, of course. Mm-hmm. And I just can't understand why like a multinational company, a big old company, a very famous brand that I've recently ordered from, can't get their deliveries in order. So <gasps> I just... I just, I've been waiting for this thing for so long. So I ordered mm. um, three items, which I'm very excited for. Two of them are jackets, one of which happens to be a varsity jacket. It's, mm. yeah, it looks, it's like the leather sleeves and like the felt front, whatever. And then um, the second one is like the semi padded sports jacket, whatever. And then a hoodie. And I ordered it on the 15th of this month no no not the 15th I think it was the fifth anyway it began with a five which is and it was it was the (laughs) it was the fifth because thinking about what today's date is so a long time ago and literally for two weeks um my order was saying that it was still in process even though I had a order confirmation email to say what I bought so it's still in process, reached out to customer care a number of times, and they said that there was something wrong with a number of orders and um, discount codes being applied because I bought it in like this promotional mm-hmm. thing they, they had running. And some people had been adding discount codes to the already discounted products. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that because I know how this works. And I was like, so then, well, that's got nothing to do with me, mate send me Mm. my stuff (laughs) and they wouldn't tell me when it was going to arrive so and they were making it sound like they don't know whether or not my stuff will be shipped and I was like hold on guys you're gonna ship my stuff (laughs) because I want this stuff this is like a full circle moment for you that people used to badger you for stuff you know yeah but at least like I felt like when I was in customer care for online orders, like one of the main things is you have to come with solutions. Yeah, you, have to you come well, with answers. Whether or not it's them annoyingly being like, you're not going to get it for another two weeks, like, or whatever it is, yeah, you exactly. just need to be told. You don't exactly. know if it's arriving tomorrow, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I was in the dark about it and I was like, this isn't fair. I shouldn't be penalised for something other people have done. Mm. And just because it was Mother's Day soon, like recently, sorry, and you had this promotion on and you can't handle dispatching orders, not my problem, mate. <laughs> so um, I finally got an email. Actually, my mum and I, we both ordered stuff like on the same day. So she's oh. waiting for hers. I'm waiting for mine. We both got emails to say it's on its way. I was like, oh, thank God. Clicked on the email, clicked on the track and it says estimated delivery date is the 19th bearing in mind I ordered this stuff on the 5th yeah so the 19th but I was like you know what it's two days away I can live with that 19th comes around and Mm -hmm. it's still telling me that DPD 
will notify me once they have it in their oh presence in the UK. And I was like, is this Brexit kicking in? Because I want my stuff. <laughs> oh and um, so all, all of 19th went past, got no text or anything from DPD saying they even had it. It was even out for delivery or anything like that. And it is, what's today's date? The, tw- the 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, all no DPD package. is telling me is that um, there's a delay in them dispatching it from one of their depots in like, I don't know, Midlands somewhere. And I'm just like, dude... Like, how hard is it to deliver three items? I, you know what? I think we're also we're so spoiled with how fast deliveries can be. <laughs> but like, that's that is slow, and also just like I think just honesty sometimes of like you're going to be annoyed regardless if it takes two weeks. But if someone's like just being like, look, there's been a mess up on our sides. We're really yep. sorry about it. You're not going to get it for like another two weeks or whatever. You just like have to, you have to accept it regardless but yeah exactly like I've ordered recently a few weeks ago I think yeah it's been a while now um I ordered a hat from this really cool company called Lack of Color and they have all these like hats and like a lot of them are quite like cowboyish western <laughs> I love them they're like felt hats they're amazing anyway they come from Australia and I knew that was going to take a little while but that actually arrived a day before I thought it was going to come so these things can be done and when this thing is coming from Europe you have no excuse (laughs) I have to admit I am really spoiled but um I just I just know how these things work and Mm. I just feel like you have to like rise to the occasion you have to you you can't really in this day and age your like dispatch system and delivery and all of that has to be on point otherwise you're just going to lose customers now Mm -hmm. so true what's your fashion story so it doesn't really involve fashion but I feel like it's it's got under my skin okay So this is a slightly old stat, but I was listening to an audiobook this week, mm. How to Fail by Elizabeth Day. Okay. I really enjoy her podcast series. And basically, female CEOs on the okay. FTSE 100 okay. are outnumbered mm. by men called David. <laughs> so there are more David CEOs on the FTSE 100 than there are women. Oh. And I like it's been a bad few weeks for women in this country in the yeah. world. Yeah. I was livid. I was so angry that there are so few women that mm. are, and also there are more men called Steve. Mm. Than, like, and I was just like we need to change this yeah and I was just so annoyed and it just got me thinking about how like there's something really bizarre I actually was saying it to my dad and he was like yeah that's horrible that's terrible you've got to do something about it love my dad um <laughs> but then we were saying like even things that are deemed feminine mm-hmm. like plate type like types of work or types of activities like cooking mm-hmm. most most chefs are men yeah mm-hmm. fashion designers most of the men yeah and it's like so it's such a weird thing that like 
for whatever reason i'm sure there's more things than it being about sexism oh i think i think, I think that there's roles of women having children there's you know there's all of that stuff mm. whatever um but yeah it shook me to my core i was really annoyed about it i'm still really annoyed about it and this so this was a stat that was true in 2019 mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it's still it's the same thing yeah. it's still the same but there are a few more women since then but like essentially there's not enough if there's just one name yeah the thing is like when it comes to you know tv chefs or chefs in general being men but yet women uh, make up for the the workforce to do the most domesticated Mm. unpaid labor that's Mm. really what it stems women will will do labor that is unpaid and undervalued in that sense Mm. but men get to do the role that is paid yeah is um exalted and seen as um you know like high standing or like high powered and things like that and it's like i'm i'm sure gordon ramsay's dad never cooked that much and his mom yeah (laughs) and then you know um yeah so that that sort of trend i do think it plays out in a lot of industries you know and we see a lot in the fashion industry as well Mm. well, there's been quite a lot of controversy sort of around whether male designers actually have the right eye for women because Mm. typically um well actually I don't know if they're always gay I mean obviously they're not always gay but typically yeah men in fashion tend to be gay or a little bit more um uh, less on the masculine side mm-hmm. of, of life mm-hmm. um and so there's a lot of people who think like that a gay designer will like design for like them if they were a woman or like their idea of a woman and there's like a lot of thing of like what how can a man design like there's been a few articles that I've seen about people mm-hmm. being like you're designing for not real women that term real women is a dangerous one though I'm not a fan of and this, also like, real you know, anything I also think it's dangerous to claim that someone can't do it like a man can't design clothes for a woman because mm. I used to design clothes for men at uni and I yeah. would never be wearing them but like mm. like I don't know it's a it's a tough one it's a t- yeah it is and it's also that argument of like not saying that I believe this but there is an argument of you know uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder it's yeah like the the outward gaze mm-hmm. you know um constructs what is deemed as beautiful in that sense but let's be honest there are women out there who dress for the attention of men mm-hmm. and i'm not making a judgment about yeah. that yeah We've all done it. If that's it. what you want to do, at, then like go at for some it. point in our life, we have all done it. We've all gone to a club with six yeah. inch heels, not because necessarily like it's the most practical shoe. No, but, but you've definitely been like, oh, so and so might be there. I'm gonna make sure I look good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so there are still grown women who enjoy that sort of mm. um, attention or look or whatever. And then you have women who don't enjoy that Mm. at all and maybe go as far to say that they go out of their way to not play into that like stereotypical women dressing in a way that men will find sexy so I don't know it's like if you don't like someone's designs and you think that a woman designs better for women then support yeah exactly yeah 
It's a big discussion, though. But we we need just to get more women in power. Is... And stop calling your kids Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Both, yeah. Who's David? Whichever one's first. <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast to remind you, go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod, shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com, find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter, we've got all the links on our Instagram, you know what to do. Yes, this week we have a topic for you guys where we're discussing basically fakes and counterfeits, Mm. how we personally feel about them, um, whether they're legal, whether they're allowed, how you can maybe try and prevent that happening if you're a designer and just... Mm -hmm just about fakes culture really yeah it's such a big topic Mm. and we hope we do it justice because it's so massive and it really touches on a a whole host of things when it comes to fashion and like just commerce as a whole Mm. um but we thought it'd be interesting but I do have a question for you Scarlett Uh to start it off um have you ever owned a fake where'd you get it from what was it tell me I have maybe owned two. So one my brother bought me back from like Thailand. It was mm-hmm. a mulberry, like a beautiful leather mulberry Bayswater um, copy. Mm-hmm. And well, I guess it's not. A, yeah, a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then think i bought on like one of the stands on oxford street and yep. <laughs> um, a mark jacobs quilted like that had a frame bag it was a lime green mm. um and i'm not a, i'm not a fan of color so i don't really know yeah. where i got that from and um, so i had that um and so those those have been my two fakes. I don't own either of them now. Um, they're probably somewhere in my parents' house. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have owned them. And how how do you feel about what's your view on counterfeits, dupes as well? Because I feel like that's another facet of yes. fakes discussion. What's your view? So so yeah, there's a very. I mean, it's not a thin line. It's quite, like, important to distinguish that mm-hmm. a copy is when, or, like, counterfeiting something is when you're literally putting a company's logo on mm-hmm. something that they didn't make. Mm-hmm. So that is literally, like, putting the double Cs on a black quilted flap bag and mm-hmm. claiming, like, well, or just pretending it's Chanel. And that's, So there's that side of things where you're actually trying to, con people into thinking it's Chanel yeah then there's those market stalls or now they're online everywhere like that just are ripping off designs mm-hmm. um and then there's the nods it's mm-hmm. a nod to a design but they you haven't put that company's logo on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I'm really not a big fan of counterfeits just having worked especially in the design side of things you work so hard to 
to get to that final point that actually there's something really really frustrating if somebody copies that obviously it's meant to be a compliment but ultimately it's it's just not right mm-hmm. we've all owned one we've all whatever um but yeah I kind of I struggle with that and I I even do struggle with the copy sort of culture that happens that trickles down that we've spoken about before in fast fashion mm-hmm. that like that Zara will copy some Yeezys or whatever and like someone's worked hard on that like someone's like that's been somebody's kind of graft Mm -hmm. um and you know there's enough creativity out there um but I I understand why it happens but like when you actually think about it it's a it's a really bad thing Mm. so back at you Mim have you owned a fake Mm -hmm. and like what are your thoughts on it all so yeah I have owned a fake and I remember getting it very clearly (laughs) so I got it in the uh good old Marbella it was was, and there was a street market and it was this market that we used to go to like it used to it used to come out like every other week and it was this massive street market and like locals and a lot of tourists used to go Mm. um because it was good. It was like you could get home stuff and fakes and whatnot. And this was a Prada kind of top handle, really structured bag. And it had like all these like crystal embellishment things on it. And it was green. It was really obnoxious. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, I didn't spend a lot of money on it. I want to say it was like 40 euros. And it was uh, a bag. But that's not cheap. It's not cheap. cheap no, 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 no. It's not cheap. But um, this item was definitely. But it wasn't going to fall apart in two days either. Type no. Thing, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it was not the sort of bag that I could just car- casually carry around. It was. It was very like a retro type of glamour bag, whatever. And um, yeah, the stalls there they sold a lot of counterfeit stuff Mm. and they were definitely like with no shame Mm -hmm. selling you fakes with the logos with the inside logo to make it look like it's authentic and you know some places will go as far to have like fake authentication Mm. cards to make it seem legit and all this stuff and yeah so I've I have had one and do I regret it I don't regret it because it wasn't really that Mm. like it was four years but um, would I do it again? No. And I think also, I think both of us have lived through a time when, you know, we've spoken before about Burberry mm. and how like when we were younger, there were a lot of counterfeit Burberry items and it was seen as chavy and it was seen as this and that. And then so kind of buying into counterfeit goods or fakes was seen as like a faux pas. Almost. Mm. It was like, for sure, for sure. Um, and then we lived through a period of time where logo and logo mania wasn't really a big deal. Um, things were a lot more mellow and like understated. And I think only now or in recent years where logo mania and brands and luxury goods are more seen by the masses that, um, We've already established a point of view that's like, no, counterfeits aren't for me. Mm. If I want that item, I'll wait my turn to get it. I'll buy it. 
uh, pre-loved, which is a really viable option now. But even then, it's a bit of a dodgy market, the pre-loved mm. you know, online sale thing. Um, or we'll just buy it when we can afford the real thing. Yeah, counterfeits are bad because essentially these guys are trying to profit off of someone else's design and marketing and reputation, most importantly, to get a higher price because they could sell a similar design bag without the logos and it would still be, it could still be a nice leather bag and people would still buy it. But because they want that higher price, they want to be able to like not sell this bag for a hundred pounds because it's nice and it's leather and it's decent, but they want to be able to sell it for 500, 600, a thousand, 2000. And in the case of fake Hermes bags, like 10 grand. Yeah. That's what I don't like about it. It's like that bag would be fine if it wasn't such an like an egregious you know like so, like basically fraud like yeah, someone's it, out there it, trying to pretend it's to totally be. illegal to a even just be the market stall but mm, for sure mm-hmm. when you're but like also the market stall isn't like pretending that they're a chanel shop mm. or an Hermes shop or a fendi prada shop mm. they like they're being quite like you said they're just like being really brazen with mm. yep yeah this is what we do um so like yeah when people try and sell stuff like that for a crazy yeah. price it's just like mental and i guess the only way to try and not get one of those bags is just to always go through a reputable site yeah like the actual man but that's the thing like do you remember it used to be called like oh it just fell off the back of a truck yeah <laughs> so it was like this was stolen yeah? yeah but you'd be like oh but it's real yeah <laughs> now it's um there's such high quality fakes oh for sure because we now know all the authentic authentication yeah techniques that chanel use that they've got that code number that you can yeah. search like they can make it down to a t yeah, yeah. like what you want to know um and it's really hard as a lay person i wouldn't know what to look out for, no. for fakes necessarily and i've worked like yeah because, inside of it all yeah because i have some some stories and some stats later on regarding these like superior fakes Mm. but um like every brand has their own version of authentication Mm. some of them are obvious like the code inside the bag let's say in the card that comes along with it and someone sells you the bag with the receipt so you know it's legit sort of thing but then you've got companies like Chanel and Hermes and they only use certain fabrics and they only use certain colors and the stitching is done in a certain way and it's like Mm. unless you work for that company and you work in the workshop, you're not going to know. And yeah. especially if it's like your first Chanel bag, let's say, you've never owned one before. Yeah, <laughs> You don't know. Like, so for me, dupes aren't that bad. And I, I respect the idea of, you know, someone has designed it, but everything, everything in life at this point is, uh, has an influence from somewhere else. Well, and, and has existed before. And to be honest, yeah, when you are even designing you're looking at other bags. Like, mm. I talk about bags because obviously that's what I know, but you, you're looking you're looking at that other bags for inspiration. So exactly. like you said, everything comes from somewhere and, you know, there's a reason certain bags don't exist because these wild, crazy things, mm. there's a reason most bags are rectangular. Like mm. there's a reason, mm. like you're never going to reinvent like some hexagon bag, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a reason 
like they have to be practical and they have to be functional but also look nice and like whatever Mm. we Um, also have to uh remember again we'll get more like when we get into the the depth and breadth of this conversation but it's when we talk about losses that a brand might face Mm. off the back of counterfeit goods somewhere in another part of the world whatever we also have to factor in that okay say there's like a thousand people in thailand buying fakes Mm. those thousand people were never going to go they weren't going to walk into the fendi shop and buy the real thing for 10 times 50 times the amount that they got it you know off ebay or on the high street or something like that so that's what dupes do they allow the masses to indulge in yeah design-led fashion and like I talk about all the time I shop a lot in Zara and I remember thinking when Zara first became big it was like wow this stuff is actually genuinely cool Mm. and I'm not paying an arm and a leg for it or like how Topshop used to be it was like Mm -hmm. stuff that like (sighs) Kate Moss used to wear yeah that you could actually buy for 40 pounds and you were like wow in an in a if this was designer and it had a logo on it, I would never be able to afford this. I'd just be living in tracksuits for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And actually, um, they're not ever really doing it too subtly either. Like, it's always quite clear when, like, copying's, like, really going on. So I think there's almost something that's kind of transparent when that comes, when that comes about. But, like, one thing that I think a lot of people kind of, tell themselves sometimes when they are maybe buying the counterfeits on mm. like a market stall or whatever it's like oh those companies have enough money like mm. you know they don't need my money and all this yeah. stuff a fashion brands are not wealthy um most for the most it, part yeah. like there aren't big margins in all of that stuff um well in clothing in particular mm-hmm. um and then secondly if they're esen- what these people are doing is essentially what like it's the same as fashion you're giving money to somebody and you like in an article I read it was claiming these people are like normally part of like crime rings yeah <laughs> but, yeah yeah and that might not necessarily be true I feel reluctant to want to like group these stalls people together <laughs> yeah but that they're saying like this sort of illegal activity tends to go part and parcel with other forms yeah. of like somewhat illegal activity, whatever that might be. Or like so, dangerous, dangerous. Activity. Yeah, like can be oh, a part yeah. of that. So actually you kind of may be thinking you're having like this statement of not supporting a brand. You're all, you're supporting like a criminal or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that um, it's a really fine line with copying. So basically the reason copying can happen in fashion mm-hmm. is that you can't protect like the aesthetic of an item. Okay. So you can't protect, so you can't copyright a white shirt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can copyright um, whatever logo you put on that shirt. You can copyright. Uh, maybe like a print. Yeah. As well. Print as well. Um so yeah that it's really hard because obviously one designer can't have ownership of a t-shirt a shirt like mm-hmm. that's outrageous mm-hmm. so that's why logo mania has taken off so much is that the main way mm-hmm. for someone to not copy your design so like at the moment like well, there was a real like era of the camera bag where 
you saw a company would probably do a bit of quilting or whatever and then just stick their logo on it most yeah. companies have some form of a flat bag again mm-hmm. probably got a bit of quilting on it like and they put their logo on it yeah none of it's really that like inventive necessarily they've all got kind of more of an executive tote that's sort of like that conventional woman in the city work bag yeah just with their logos on mm-hmm. like there's nothing sort of that inventive but that's the main way to protect a design but yeah it's just kind of crazy that there's it's I understand why there isn't more that you can protect because like I said you can't have ownership of a white shirt but it's also really like hard for designers to try and like (laughs) yeah capture capture their designs in a way that prevents Zara or Forever 21 and the likes of people copying it Mm mm-hmm and yeah so it's kind of wild it is it is wild like on the very top level thoughts of like the impact it has on brands and this can happen whether you're this massive lvmh type conglomerate and you've got all the money in the world or you can be like a like a cult guyer who Mm. had like that one it bag for the season and they were a very small brand and off the back of that one item that got really popular you now find that uh, loads of people are doing copies of Mm. that one thing that you yourself just designed you know um it can really ruin a brand's reputation and what that kind of means is that people no longer feel the need to spend the the money that you're demanding for your design mm. with you they can get it anywhere and get that same look. yeah so like say if we weren't so opposed to getting a chanel off of dave yeah. <laughs> ceo dave yeah. down the street <laughs> the ceo uh, of a white t-shirt yeah he's also got the copyright for a white t-shirt <laughs> so you want to get a copy of chanel but so then that if you're comfortable with that that mm. means then you've stopped that saving fund that you've got in your head mm-hmm. to save up for whatever this product is thing. that you're lusting after mm-hmm. and yes you might not be chanel whoever's most loyal customer but it's it, you're still taking away a customer and also what's m- kind of more damaging are when people are selling the fakes for like what you think would be the price of a pre-loved item or whatever it may be um there's no um they haven't done sort of all the rigmarole that um a brand would do so like say you're buying a bag of a Prada that they have thought and ethically sourced the leather the dye to make sure it's not harmful for people's skin if it's mm-hmm. being worn like next to your skin so you wear, buy a pair of shoes mm. the dye on those shoes they've tested it to make mm-hmm. sure it doesn't react with people's skin mm-hmm. but this isn't done if you bought a counterfeit pair of shoes mm-hmm. and you put them on and they uh, break and they break or they can give you an infection or a rash because mm-hmm. they've just sprayed painted them or whatever mm, it might mm-hmm. be like that's so damaging because like that could ruin say you then still don't realize it's a fake and i mm. go hey mim i bought some prada shoes don't buy anything from prada they gave me a rash yeah like yeah and that's and, yeah. all you have to do to be like 
because you're not, not going to go down. are you sure that was real Prada like you're never going <laughs> to ask me that if I'm telling you I've bought something from Prada you're going to yeah. believe me yeah and um yeah so that quality assurance is mm. not going to be there and you know like I am far more likely to buy like a bag or something that's fake than I would mm. ever buy like let's remember you get designer makeup and perfume yeah. and um things that go I on your skin I, I as you said and that's really dodged. a fake mac eyeshadow off of ebay oh yeah that's... and it was tragic and also then like you're putting that on your face yeah like that's going on your face and like fake perfumes and stuff like that like you're spraying mm. that on your body yeah like it's so damaging it's so bad but then it can like the repercussions of that will trickle down onto regular people like you and me like mm. If you have a real Chanel bag and I have a fake, yeah. When you come to sell your Chanel bag, because there's so many Chanel bags on the market now, yeah. Perceived Chanel bags, the resale value for you is not going to be as good as yeah. it would otherwise. Because a, there's just the market is flooded with this stuff, and the perceived quality of this stuff is is bringing down what you already own as as a customer. It's not just about the brand itself. Um, but yeah, um, really, really crazy. But did you know that this is, you know, obviously according to like reports and things, I don't know how accurate it is, but about 80% of counterfeit market does originate in China. Well, well, to be honest, so much gets made there. Mm -hmm. That's, that's crazy. And you know what? I do believe that because Mm -hmm. a brand I used to work for, had there was like a Chinese Instagram handle that was just selling pure copies, just yeah. like unapologetic because they're so close to the actual factories. Yeah, and actually, we didn't obviously have our factories out there, but they just have the capacity for yep. it. They have the production sort of systems in place, and actually, I have a really funny story of that same company I worked for. We used to offer sort of replacement straps or like repairs if your bag. Had, being damaged we would try and make sure we could get that sorted if maybe some of your hardware had come off we'd help to re-get that back on whatever Mm -hmm. and someone sent us a fake to repair Mm -hmm. and it was so clearly a fake to like all of us we even checked it like with the guys that worked in finance who probably wouldn't like be that attuned with like our hardware or our leathers and they Mm -hmm. could see it just like plain as day oh bless and so like we almost were just like it's so clearly a fake so do you know that you're doing that and you're almost wanting us to replace this bag or like which we would never have done anyway or is it an innocent mistake (laughs) or is it genuinely an innocent mistake and we've just said like this poor person thought they had bought like an authentic bag Mm. I don't know it's crazy and it is it was a quality that to be honest I would associate with sort of Chinese manufacturing and all of that kind of a thing that like Chinese factories in the fashion business especially have just like a a notoriety for like oh you're not going to get it right within a few tries you're going to have like the amount of times you'll send back and forth your prototypes okay actually how you want okay just like sit there and hold their hands just because they're used they're not used to quality i think it's more that like they will they'll make something Mm -hmm. but if you want that finesse Mm -hmm. that takes a real amount of time because they're just 
they're used to mass producing yeah like, okay that's what their factories are built for um but yes like being sent one and seeing it and just seeing how poor the imitation is and like i've seen other imitations of these bags around that mm. like accessorizers done like nods to the bags and whatever but it's just it's just crazy when you do see stuff like that and so this brand that I worked for did, wasn't into logos. There were no outward logos on the bags. And it was the design of particular elements of the bag that mm-hmm. you would identify with them. Mm-hmm. And so then if someone like Accessorize copies them, you see the you see that quick, like, notable thing. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, is that? A, and then you're like, it's not. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you like associate with it and because yeah. you, they haven't put a logo on the bag, it's much easier to imitate as well. Um yeah um so yeah I was gonna read some of my sort of where counterfeiting has gone wrong sort of stories that I found during my research where like one of the problems is like we said about quality Mm -hmm. so for instance as well you could be buying a faux fur item but it's not faux like yeah it like it's so possible things could not could be non-allergenic as we discussed Mm -hmm. so back in 2015 a fake Nutribullet um exploded after four seconds of use oh no that's really dangerous and so like just because you're getting a product for less or half price like it actually could be really damaging like it Mm. could harm you like I think it's something that like you I'm definitely somebody where whether it's a good thing or not I would rather spend more money on a quality product I've sort mm-hmm. of always been that way if it comes to like technology or whatever like I'm not in the business just to get the cheapest ch- as chips thing I think you often will pay for quality and things mm-hmm. like no I won't necessarily do that just to get the most expensive white t-shirt but like mm-hmm. yeah there are certain things. things that like you have to question why you're spending such small amounts of money on it Mm. um but yeah it's just something where you have to ensure that where you're buying from is reputable it's quite it's difficult to tell sometimes when it comes to websites some websites look dodgy as hell and some are really convincing you know there's these phishing emails now that like can be as convincing as anything yeah so that brings up a good point because you know the thing that i no longer want to mention but that thing that's been happening for the past year and <laughs> and oh, some change yeah, yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> we have seen across a number of industries fraudsters mm. and cons and things like that have just been more and more prevalent you know everyone's had a few texts from their bank saying you need to authenticate this yeah. that and the other and you know counterfeit luxury fashion is no different yeah so this thing that we're living through <laughs> has has weakened the fashion industry. We can't go into shops. Um, a lot of the smaller fashion brands don't have the e-commerce and logistics to be shipping mm-hmm. out well, um, a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the context of like how much fashion businesses are struggling at the moment. Yeah, what we're seeing, and obviously because people are just earning less right mm. now on a whole, people are turning towards cheaper options going on pre-loved websites and finding that they can oh uh, this thing seems secondhand I can buy that instead not realizing that it's counterfeit and so these 
um, these counterfeit operations are just blowing up at the moment. And at the same time, while these brands are losing money at a time like this, they don't have the funds to like prosecute and hunt out these manufacturers in other countries who are producing counterfeit goods. They can't, they can't go after them. So that goes hand in hand. It's really hard to, it it involves a legal suit. Yeah. And because you only have to change, I think it's seven things in a design to make it not a copy. That's really, that can literally be the color. It could be like the stitching. It can be such small things um and also ultimately and like like in most things when it comes to a legal case the person with the most amount of money is probably gonna win exactly and Um, then you're also dealing with a legal system in another country potentially yeah the whole minefield especially when we talk about uh china i mean they they operate in a different system Mm. to most european countries let's say so that is like another hill to climb and it's and it's also quite hard to get a lawsuit that applies worldwide it, it's normally country sort of focused yeah. of where that law is put in or where that lawsuit is filed. But what I think also adds to this culture you've just been talking about is we've mentioned it before, but not a day goes by where I do not have my Instagram feed flooded with people owning just more and more designer bags like the influencers I see like even during lockdown they're still buying their Chanel bags they're still buying their new their new seasonal goods Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so you're we're still being flooded with even like our sort of our like our colleagues our our kind of peers Mm. owning things or that's the what they're prioritizing I think our generation doesn't suffer from it as badly as sort of like gen z mm-hmm. um where it's like keeping up with the joneses essentially it's for sure such a status thing mm. and so that then like you're seeing your mates owning that mm. but your parents aren't going to give you enough pocket money to buy that mm. so you're gonna maybe go on a pretty little thing and buy the next best thing or i don't even know where you would buy like counterfeit stuff online but like i'm sure you can search for it mm. um and you're going to do it, like, because it's really hard to be young and, you know, you want to keep yeah. up with your friends. And also tr- trends move so quickly that mm. today it's the uh, Dior Bobby bag and tomorrow it's a Bottega Veneta yeah. padded camera bag or whatever. And it's like, if you are a person who follows fashion and it's really important to you and it come, that gets to the core of you and you feel like you need to be up with the times... Mm then you can't be putting down two, three thousand pounds every month on just a bag. Do you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, so recently last year in September, Shanghai police unveiled a counterfeit bust that resulted in 62 arrests and a seizure of 32 pieces of manufacturing equipment and, and bags and materials worth of uh, $14.6 million of last year like towards the end of like the final quarter Mate- of last year bags and materials do you mm. know how much that's got to be yeah they're they're sitting on whether it's leather or not like yeah so the other part of that story is that a louis vuitton shop assistant was caught up in all of this because they were passing new models 
of the latest LV bag to these manufacturers. I'm sure they were getting paid. Um, and then these manufacturers would uh, make and release these bags sometimes the same time as Louis Vuitton or before. So they were doing like forward releases of these new LV stuff. So they were obviously producing really high quality, really believable pieces of Louis Vuitton. And that's why, I mean, the the, the bags and the materials alone was worth almost $15 million because it was like, they were trying to be the real deal. And so that is, um, that is a case of where we see Louis Vuitton, they have the resources to keep on top of these like Mm. operations that pop up and to be able to prosecute, to be able to prosecute in another country as well. And it also goes to show like these counterfeit manufacturers, they're getting smarter, but also it's like really there's levels to it because it's, it's quite risky to be putting out high-end replicas of things Mm. because first off you are shipping thousands of a particular bag with LV logos all over it and whatnot and if that gets stopped at customs and you don't have the right paperwork and you don't have the right x y and z and you know that's really risky especially when it especially when you've put so much money into making it to begin mm. with might not be as much money as uh, Louis Vuitton is let's say I don't know but it's definitely you're putting you're investing way more money to make these fakes than you are of like a shit fake mm. you know like a really cheap obvious that it's not real and um so I thought that was really interesting but there was a similar one in 2012 and that was regarding Hermes have you heard of that one no okay so it was some time ago and it was this operation was dismantled by the French police and following an investigation there were several members of of Hermes like store staff who were also let go of their job I don't know if they were also arrested but um, the value of sales of one of these branches of this particular Hermes ring was at 18 million euros <laughs> just one of these branches and I think it was um basically people who'd worked for Hermes were able to replicate authentic Hermes bags you know what I mean and sell them on because Hermes bags it's like eight grand upwards <laughs> you know um and so the CEO at the time of Hermes came out and said that 80%, and now this is going to make you want to stop buying like anywhere on the internet, but it says 80% of objects sold on the internet under the Hermes name are fake. Yeah, I, th- I think there's certain things and actually like, unless it's literally Vestair Collective, Farfetch, mm-hmm. Net-A-Porter, mm-hmm. Outnet, like... I want an in-store experience. Like, first of all, if I'm paying anything like eight grand for a bag, Mm. I'm going in that store. I'm going to know that it's real. Like, and also I'm sort of, I think it happens and it's, it's really easy to happen when people, because Hermes create limited editions of a lot Mm. of their colors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and I'm kind of somebody that like, I, I don't think I'd ever be like, no, I need that one like Mm. that one um 
or I would just wait for Hermes to have it in stock. But some people kind of don't have that patience or like maybe that colour's not going to come back in stock mm-hmm. um, or whatever. And I think that's then where like it plays into the hands of these counterfeiters that, you know, there's people with these needs and you also can make really convincing fakes if you mm. use a nice leather and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And also like, yeah, if you've potentially been in the game you, or you have someone who can tell you, actually, this is what we do to ensure like certain things, mm-hmm. then of course you're going to be able to pull off a really convincing fake. And the, the bare the bare eye of most of us wouldn't probably be able to te- detect it. Yeah. We've spoken about Hermes and how like their limited run and availability of their most famous bags contributes how much, how highly valued they are. Mm. But it also, it also can be to their detriment because if someone knows that they don't have a good chance of going into the store and being able to order one or get their hands on one because, Mm. you know, of the politics of getting a Birkin or a Kelly or something, they're going to be like, well, why go through the store when I can get one from someone else who wants to sell it to me? And it might be a thousand or 2000 pound more expensive than what they paid for it. But at least I can get one, you know, I will. Yeah. It creates this hunger in people that, um, that then kind of means that they, I don't know, follow rash things. I mean, there are Mm. experts out there. I know like, um from different youtubers i've watched like they they'll go to certain experts or there are people who know their thing and what to look out for if you are buying certain bags Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean it's so hard to know it's so hard and ultimately i guess you never would like if you ever buy anything secondhand like on an on ebay or something Mm -hmm. you'll never truly know do you know what i mean like it could come with an like i don't know if i would ever truly know You know where you would know, I think, is if you're buying something from a big brand, but it's really like an old model or it's in a really Mm, obscure style, it's probably like, if if you know what the item is, it's probably going to be real. The fakes really do come with like the most popular styles in like the limited edition kind of um, collections and stuff. I think that there's a difference between like, not so many vintage mm. Dior bags, for example, are like being copied like that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that could just be luckily the vintage so. market is is still relatively safe. I will say that it's a lot easier to sort of know and trust in what you're buying. Um, but yeah, I sort of came across an article that was sort of um, detailing some sort of some they call it lateral thinking, some sort of mm. like basically some sort of ideas where you can try and prevent people from from doing the counterfeiting from Mm -hmm. doing it okay um and one thing that they talked about was um kind of if you can't beat them join them and not in terms of counterfeiting Mm -hmm. but um, Stella McCartney collaborated with the Real Real, so she at one point obviously identified that mm. the reselling market is huge, mm-hmm. and so she partnered with the Real Real um, in sending them some of her unused Stella McCartney pieces mm-hmm. and like some vouchers to send, spend in the store. And I actually think that's kind of a great way of of trying to do things is collaborating with the resale market and trying to make it 
a safe place if somebody does want to invest in a Stella McCartney bag or whatever and another is just to kind of really look go for your sustainability because I think that's a real incentive for people at the moment is I think people care care about what they're buying into and I think if something's worth a lot of money then they care about that side of things but I think the ultimate Mm -hmm. thing and I don't know about you I'd be really interested to hear what you think but I kind of just think if you can if someone's going to buy a fake they're going to buy a fake do you know what I mean like you kind of either have a problem with it or you don't and you're you're so right from the what you said earlier that I still hold that taboo mm. of it and I actually think like yeah it I would deem it a bit chavvy for me to have a fake mm-hmm. and I don't judge anyone who wants to like Christ you don't have to spend two thousand pounds to impress me or anything like that mm-hmm. but more for myself I associate it now with that culture Mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. I don't know I just couldn't for myself but I think there are people who like they they're normal people they're never going to spend two thousand pounds in a bag so the only way yeah. they're going to own a Chanel is if they get it off the, like the high street like marketplace yeah I think it's all about your confidence in yourself in the sense of um okay for example there are people out there who feel that they need to be seen with designer stuff. Like mm-hmm. they need to be seen with that stuff. Otherwise they're no one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And there's a lot of people like say in the med- in the media who are like performers or singers or rappers or TV presenters who live this seemingly like wealthy lifestyle. And we know that a lot of their cars are rented and we know that their yeah. house is like leased out and it's they don't actually own any of this mm-hmm. stuff, but they want to put on this performance that they have head to toe, like LV drip. And but also all- it's probably borrowed for yeah. a photo shoot or just for a little bit and yeah. then it's going to be sent back. Like, yeah. And yeah, so they're, li- they're creating this lifestyle and we know that there's like scammers online. It's like, I'm a multimillionaire and they're not. And they're kind of curating a lifestyle so you have those people but then I think if you're someone who really doesn't believe that you'll ever get to the point that you'll ever be able to afford Mm. something like this then you're like balls to the wall like who cares yeah yeah, (laughs) gonna buy a fake but someone like for example you you've been talking about a Chanel bag for years now probably the entire time I've ever known you and you know that you'll get one one yeah day. there'll be a time and you'll you walk in and you'll get your bag I mean <sighs> you've you've had proximity to owning designer things yeah it's not foreign to you or um what's the word it's not a fantasy to you mm-hmm. that you could have a few nice pieces you know um for those who it's not on the cards for them I can completely understand yeah. why you would buy into it because sure we are also we we have a podcast for Christ's sake about things we'd like to buy <laughs> you know like we aren't immune to the desire of nice things and yeah it, we're just privileged enough to be like no I'll get that the legit way someday yeah and maybe maybe we won't but like there's something nice and I think there is something nice about being like knowing that actually like well I probably could put that aside and buy it even next year but it's like that's not sensible yeah that's not the right path for me right now yeah um kind of a thing um 
but also I think yeah you're so right it depends also what what is important to you because I think I think the luxury side of things is important to me it always has been and I always wanted to work in that side of things I just Mm -hmm. appreciate nice things I just think it's I just think I kind of I just love it I just Mm -hmm. like when something's nice quality and someone's like someone's artisan sort of skills Mm -hmm. have gone into making it but that also doesn't mean that I don't love a Zara haul yeah yeah you know (laughs) yeah and I probably buy stuff from Zara without realizing it's been ripped off a runway like Mm -hmm. I'm sure of it oh yeah half my wardrobe <laughs> Phoebe Philo, everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that sort of um that sort of influence to ordinary people like us. But um yeah, it's it is really I don't see it slowing down anytime soon, especially no. consider how important counterfeit is to hold economies let's be real whole economies like you take bangladesh and a lot of their economy is based on the fashion industry fast fashion and just you know mid-range um fashion as well and so they're another place where a lot of counterfeit is increasingly being manufactured there but then you, you're always going to have this like to and fro because you have on one hand luxuries trying to sell us the fantasy of this is what you need but also at the same time not everyone can have that fantasy Mm. they're almost like the gatekeepers of what is nice and what you should have and what you should be um you should have access to let's say um but then when people I guess want to be part of that they have to like clamp down on it like no this is not for you (laughs) yeah yeah for sure it's yeah it's definitely um like the designers will make it very much a status thing and I also think that people need to be sometimes maybe a little bit wary of maybe less so influencers who we clearly know and well Mm -hmm. but like if you are seeing people who are just sort of regular Joes Mm -hmm. regular Davids um Mm -hmm. with designer bags maybe don't assume it's always real Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean because actually like where I live is very yummy mummy. Yeah. And I do assume that all the bags I see are real. But I bet yummy mummies are the worst. <laughs> I bet some of them aren't because not all yeah. of them are footballers' wives, you yeah. know, like not all of them are the ones living in the mansions like a few miles away. Like some of them are just the regular people and they probably can't afford that. But because of the location that I live in mm-hmm. and the kind of like cultural sort of stay-at-home mum vibe that is in this area mm-hmm. I just assume it's st- a lot of things are real mm-hmm. and actually like probably not and I don't think I would if you turned up maybe I would ask you but like if maybe someone I wasn't so like good at friends with mm. turned up with a Chanel bag I wouldn't be like is that real I would just yeah. like I would just assume it is unless they told me otherwise and I remember a girl that we went to school with turned up to a party with red soled shoes and I was like look at you have some Louboutins and she's like oh no like they're not real Mm -hmm. and like until someone tells you that like you're never gonna go those can't be real yeah you have to remember like there's every likelihood that it might not be yeah Um, yeah just kind of gotta remember that I think sometimes 
Yeah, I'm I think- sure there's so many Instagrammers out there that are pretending that they've got some oh, Balenciagas, sure. Sure. like those sock shoes. They probably put their own little logo on, like styling up some stuff and some fake Cartier bracelets, all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. And I feel imp- I've, yeah, and implying- shots fired at me and my fake Cartier bracelets. I didn't even hey, that. It's loud. Um, but, but they're pretending or they're implying it's real you know yeah and I think um I think it's really important oh my god I was gonna tell my little story um about Cartier okay go on um I I mean I gave you a glimpse of it last week then um behind studio doors um so I think this is a really good example of sort of how powerful fakes can be so an old colleague of mine came to visit where we I was still working there, but he he used to work there and he was coming to congratulate one of our managers for having a baby. Mm-hmm. And we were sat in the meeting room and sort of the EA came in and was like, oh, check you out with your Cartier ring. You must be doing well. And he sort of was like, oh, yeah, you know, just kind of like it's all working out for me at the moment. Yeah, I'm really lucky. It's going really well, thanks. Mm -hmm. And sort of she leaves the room and he turns to me and he's like, now Scarlett, this is a lesson. This other ring on my hand, which was his engagement ring, was like a beautiful, like handcrafted, had like a nice like stone. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is worth like a thousand pounds this is a a ring I got off a market store for three quid Mm. and just because it looks like the Cartier ring like she's assumed that I'm balling but actually it's probably my engagement ring that means like that is so much more like classy but also worth so much more yeah and he was just like the appearances that these things can bring Mm. are so like important Mm -hmm. and he like gave me the ring and he was like this is so that you can always like live sort of this like fantasy or whatever Mm. he said to me but it's so true like she was so impressed with like cool you must be doing well look at you with that Mm -hmm. Cartier ring it gave him status it gave him status she like took him more seriously because he had it on and actually his point was like it shouldn't earn me anything even if it is real Mm. but like you also haven't been able to identify the thing that's actually worth the money in the room. Mm. Um, And yeah, like it's just, you sometimes get a snapshot of somebody like, I definitely do this. If someone's wearing a Rolex, I'm like, Rolex? Yeah. But like, first of all, we mentioned it before, you might not be able to afford a Rolex, also might not be real. Mm. Like, but you, there are certain things that you associate with like typecasting somebody Mm. and it could be a fake. Yeah. Do you and want to I think talk to us about your Cartier jewelry. Has <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone ever thought your bracelet is real? Um, okay, so I, I start. I started looking for bangles that was in the Cartier style, but mm. I wasn't looking for an app, like an mm. actual fake. Yeah, it's just like gold um bangle with maybe like a Swarovski moment in it um stainless steel something like that cheap just because I wanted the look like Mm -hmm. and you know me I love jewelry you love jewelry yeah so it's always been like something I gravitate towards anyway it's not me trying to be like basic because let's be honest (laughs) Cartier braces they are kind of basic but um yeah so I wanted something in the style and I just started buying 
different bangles from different mm-hmm. sellers on eBay. Because I was like, listen, this is five quid. If it comes and it's terrible, it's not a big deal to yeah. me. You know, I'll wear it until it looks dead. Yeah. So I bought one of the, um, what are they called? Like something on clay. The, like, yeah, the yeah, nail the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I bought one of those ones. It was terrible. It went funny colored as soon as I got it pretty much. And then I bought like, like four or five other bangles. The one that, it's supposed to resemble the one that gets screwed mm. on. Anyway, um, most of them were fine. And then the last one I ordered actually came with these two screws on either mm. side. You had to screw it onto your brace, your wrist. Like sorry. the bracelet, yeah. Yep, it came with the screwdriver in gold. On the inside, it actually has etched Cartier. <laughs> I know. No. I didn't didn't realize I bought it because I thought oh this looks like it could be a good quality like stainless steel whatever and I could wear for a long time but this one actually like I was like this looks pretty legit and me just being a lay person I don't have any Cartier Mm. I was like no one else is gonna know this is fake like in passing like on my wrist me just like talking to someone they're never gonna know that it's not real um and I told my sister to go and buy a couple (laughs) I was so convinced and that's the thing like there are certain things that I just could not justify paying no I'm not spending six grand on that bracelet when I know like I've got lots of jewelry some of it is cheap some of it I've got Mm. for my birthday or whatever that is cheaper than that still in gold like solid gold amazing pieces that I love to wear often some of this stuff is inflated. The price is just like mm. crazy for what it is, I think. And it's like, I'm never going to buy something as expensive as a Cartier love bracelet, which is actually quite basic. And when I mean yeah. basic, I mean like, it's the thing that everyone wants to get, you know? Yeah. Not that it's not nice, but it's very popular. And I'd rather spend like six, seven grand on a brace, on, you know, the amount that it would cost me on something that's a bit more like unique, hard to find, mm. different. Yeah. Not something that loads of people have on their wrist already. Yeah. So that, oh, yeah, I do have a piece of car. I am part of the problem, guys. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we all are. I think we all are. Um, but I think like my takeaway is you've got to be so careful of of the expensive fakes like that that's kind of the real like yeah. the real danger is the fact that they can't they might not be monitored and all of that stuff but also like you're then paying a hell of a lot of money for something that's not actually from those brands because sometimes it's really easy and we all get desensitized from like why the hell is a chanel handbag like four thousand pounds it's actually more what? expensive like, that they're like yeah. like the the classic flaps are like what eight grand now seven yeah. grand depending on the size but like why on earth is a handbag that even like the louis vuitton neverfalls have gone up like they used to be about like 500 quid and they're now about a thousand pounds you're like for a canvas bag yeah. like a coated canvas bag it's, with yeah. a leather trim like are you serious <laughs> like i could get the leather and probably make it myself for less for sure there are lots of brands that i have like a leather tote 100 leather yeah. tote and i pay even like top shop and zara often do like yeah leather like i used to buy the like genuine leather bags from top shop and i used to love them yeah like you can definitely obviously get nice bags and we somehow seem to find it acceptable but there is no way in hell i would think it's acceptable even if it was genuine leather mm. from someone that wasn't 
Louis Vuitton or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and that there's something really weird about that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why, because if you're willing to pay it for somebody else. Yeah. But I think you do have to be careful because sometimes it's expensive and it's not the quality that you deserve. Mm. Yeah. Well, guys, I've got nothing else to add, really, no, when it comes either. to counterfeits and fakes. Other than I am Watch yourself. Watch a fake. Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I've got fake yeah. nails in me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you like this episode. I thought it was a good one. It's yeah. Really exposed yeah. us. Yeah. It's, it has exposed us. And hey, let us know what your guys' fakes are that you have. Or what, a bit like with the Cartier bracelet, what would you never pay full price for um yeah that's a good one i think oh. that's yeah what would you never pay full price for other than the cartier, cartier bracelet? bracelet um <laughs> well i never pay full price for um i can't see myself buying like 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 the ms stuff like mm. don't get me wrong if listen if I won the lottery, <laughs> we've discussed this before. If I won like Euro millions or something yeah. like that, then yeah, I'm just going to be obnoxious with it. I might just buy a, a Birkin, you know, see what mm. the fuss is about. But I, I could spend so much money. I could, I could spend that money elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and I also think that there are some really great designs um, from other luxury brands, which are just a lot cheaper. Like, yeah. I have my eye on the Valentino bag because it's a lot cheaper than a very similar kind of similar option to the Chanel. And I'm like, it's half the price. Valentino starting to want to be like identified as Valentino Garavani. Have you seen? Well, that, no, I didn't. But that is his real it, name. Yeah, but it's like it's <laughs> like now sort of like I'm starting to see everywhere that like on Netta Porter, it's now called Valentino Garavani. Oh, OK. Hmm. And I was like. I thought huh? that, yeah, I thought that that was like for most of the older stuff, like the vintage yeah, stuff. It, I don't know. It, well, it was for like rock studs. So I don't know if it's for certain items oh. or whatever. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think I'm the same with the Hermes. I I think part of me can't even justify it with Chanel like, mm. for sure, because especially like you said, the prices just go up every year and there's just kind of becoming crazy by the time you can afford it it's yeah, like five grand like, more so expensive so when we were younger they were probably about like 1500 2000 and they kind of go up a couple hundred quid every every mm. year um but yeah i think Hermes, it's just it's too much and like so much could be bought with that and like let's be honest if i can buy an Hermes, i should probably save a bit more money and get a second house or something <laughs> It's deposit isn't it yeah like I could get myself like a home in the in the sun with like that deposit so yeah. I think that's where my boring sensible nature yeah will stop me ever owning a, a Birkin but I'm okay with that yeah yeah we'll get a fake <laughs> uh, anyway on that note thanks again for listening guys we that's gonna be our question for this week um and yeah go on our instagram and leave some comments about this episode and what you think and we'll see you next week ciao bye